0: We are in Yevamos, Lamed Hei, Amabes 35B1 in the Art of Gemara. We are beginning the fourth parak, the fourth chapter of Yevamos. And so we return to the Mishnayos and the Gemara that discusses the details of Yibum and different scenarios within Yibum. Uh, the cases are not as complicated as what we've had in the past with uh, the different situations of relatives and... Uh, figuring out the family tree, but they do they do discuss uh, different uh, Yevamos, uh situations, and so the the first mishnah of the fourth parak of the fourth chapter uh, discusses the following. It discusses a case where uh, the the uh, sister in law, the wife of the deceased, is either pregnant or after yibum was done or after chalitza was done, was found to be pregnant. From her deceased husband. Um, And the question is, what happens in that situation? So, just to explain, the entire time uh, we've mentioned that the mitzvah of Yibum is in a very specific situation. The mitzvah of Yibum only applies uh, when uh, there is a couple where the husband passes away and they do not have any children. If they have children, so then there is no mitzvah of Yibum at all. And so, this scenario is a very interesting. Uh, scenario, where uh, they do not have children, at the, at the time of death of the husband they do not have children, and then or uh, Archalitza is done, because they do not have children, but either at the time, as we will see in the Gemara, or the language of the Mishnah is afterwards, after Yibam Archalitza is done, uh, we find out that she is pregnant, and it seems pretty clear, just based on the timeline, that she's pregnant from her first husband. That she was really pregnant from her first husband, and then the question becomes: Was that chalitza or even Was it a good chalitza or ibum? Um, given that scenario, and so what also impacts this question is whether or not, even if she's pregnant, then the, there's a question of whether or not it's uh, it's a viable child. Is is the child a healthy child or not a healthy child? What happens if the miscarriage? Um, or even if the baby is born, but there's uh, certain health issues with the baby where the baby will not be able to survive. Um, so then what happens in those different situations if the baby's not able to survive? Or if it's a miscarriage, so then it's it's as if she didn't have children. She didn't have children in the end. Um, and so then was the chalitz or yibam that was done at the time of the pregnancy, does that work or does that not work? That essentially is the question of our Mishnah. So the Mishnah says as follows: So case number one is chalitza. We will first the first half of the Mishnah discusses chalitza. Uh, what, what happens when chalitza was done when she was found to be preg- after before she was found to be pregnant, um, and then the next part of the Mishnah will discuss what happens if yibam is done, and then the Gemara will analyze this further. But the Mishnah says: So. A regular situation at first is where the husband passes away without any children. And then they do chalitza. But after they do chalitza, they find out that she's pregnant from, uh, from her first husband. And she gives birth. If the child is able to survive, if it's a viable child. What does it mean that it's a viable child? Uh, so there's actually um, a discussion about what, it, what exactly would it mean that it's a viable child. Now, one of the commentators, Ritva, explains: either means that the, ch- the baby has lived for thirty days. Once the baby lives for thirty days, so then it's a viable child, or it is a full term baby. As long as it's a full term baby, uh, so then we could assume that it's viewed halakhically as a child that is that is a baby that is born that is healthy. Or even if it's not a full term baby, there's opinions that say that as long as the, as long as the doctors say that there are signs of it being uh, as healthy as a full term baby uh, so then that would also count as a baby who is healthy and so as long as the baby is healthy so she gave birth to a baby who is healthy now it's hawakically viewed as though this baby uh, is a healthy baby so now she has a child from her first marriage and these different opinions as to how hawakha defines what does it mean to have a healthy baby whether it's the fact that the baby lives for 30 days or that it's a full term baby that has implications not just with regards to this uh, to this area of halakha, but it really has implications with regards to other areas of law as well. A very interesting discussion about what does it mean that a baby is halakhically viewed as a baby if it will unfortunately, let's say, the baby passes away shortly after birth. So what does it mean? What's the status of the baby beforehand? Uh, is it viewed as a, as, a, as a healthy baby? And that has ramifications in other areas of law as well. But in this, in this halakha... Uh, We say that as long as the child is Shel Kayama, is healthy and a viable child, so then, really, it's like no Chalitza was necessary. She has a child from the first marriage. So we say the law is Uh, Basically, if Chalitza in general is done, in a case where Chalitza should be done, uh, so in general, we say after Chalitza is done, so then he, the brother-in-law, is uh, prohibited to. It's as if there was some sort of connection. There was a connection there. There was a zika. There was a connection. So it's just as if he had a connection and then got rid of that connection. And so he, in general, would he would become prohibited to her family, and she would become prohibited to his family. Uh, but in this scenario, they're both permitted to each other's families because nothing took place halachically. Nothing took place because she really already had a child. The chalitza was un, was was unnecessary. It didn't have any halachic significance. In addition to that. Uh, it's not viewed a chalitza in general is viewed as, on a, as at least on a rabbinic level it's like some form of a divorce so it doesn't even have that aspect as well and she does not become in kuhuna she does not become disqualified somebody who is divorced cannot marry a kohen she does not become disqualified from marrying a kohen she would be allowed to marry a kohen and so that's what the Mishnah says in a case where the child uh, is a healthy child uh, so basically these, these various ramifications uh, they do they do not apply um, with regards to Chalitza. Now, uh, just a heads up with regards to what will be discussed in the Gemara. The Gemara will say, okay, fine, none of these laws apply. We don't view it as though uh, Chalitza took place. Uh, we'll see this in, sorry, that's in the next, next part of the Mishnah. Let's first read the next part of the Mishnah. Let's say uh, the child does not, unfortunately, does not uh, survive. Either it's a miscarriage or even if the baby's born, but there are um, there are serious health concerns, and the baby doesn't survive, let's say, for 30 days. So then, it's as if she didn't have a child, halachically, uh, a healthy child. And who also And the chalitza then, even though the chalitza was done while she was pregnant, now the Mishnah says that the chalitza was a good enough chalitza to say that uh, they cannot marry each other's relatives, and that she's not on a rabbinic level, she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. It's like she was a divorcee, and she's not allowed to uh, marry a Kohen. This is where the Gemara comes and comments and says, uh, "There's a there's a dispute whether or not she requires chalitza again. Even though chalitza have these ramifications, these other ramifications, uh, but do we require chalitza again? Was it really a good chalitza or not at the time of pregnancy, where we don't know whether or not the child is a healthy child or not? Do we require chalitza? So that will be discussed." In the Gemara. And now, switching from Chalitza now to yibum. so let's say, right, the, in the beginning it's a normal case, the husband passes away without any children, and instead of doing Chalitza, the Mishnah now discusses that they do yibum. The sister-in-law and the brother-in-law, they do yibum, and then afterwards they find out that she was really pregnant from her first husband. Uh, so the Mishnah says, iconis is so let's say they do yibum, and then she, then we find out that she's pregnant and she has a child. So the Gemara Mishnah says as follows: If the child is a viable child, is a healthy child. So really, there was not even a mitzvah of yibum, and they did yibum. We say yotzi. They have to separate. They, they would have to separate. That we do not require a divorce document because it's not even viewed as they were married to begin with. Because the Yibam didn't count. There was no concept of Yibam. She already had a child from the first marriage. So it does not even require a divorce document. But they would have to separate. The And they have to bring an offering. Uh, they would have to bring an offering in that case. Because it's not just that there's no Mitzvah Yibam. When there's no Mitzvah Yibam. So then what happens is, is that there's a prohibition. Because you're not allowed to marry your sister-in-law. Even if it's after the, your brother Passes away, you're still not allowed to marry your sister in law. You're not allowed to have relations with your sister in law. So therefore, they have to bring a sin offering. And But let's say uh, the uh, the baby is unfortunately either there was a miscarriage or the baby is not healthy and died within thirty days. So then it's halachically viewed as though they did not. The first couple did not have a child from the, her first husband. So then the yibum yikayim. He could stay as his wife. He's allowed to, they're allowed to stay ma- they did Yibam, they're allowed to stay married, and they're allowed to stay uh, together. So here too, the same discussion that applies by Chalitza applies here, in a scenario where really there is an obligation to, in the end of the day, there's an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza because the child was not healthy. So just like by Chalitza, there's a discussion, do we require Chalitza again? Okay, Chalitza has certain halachic ramifications uh, because it was done, but was it really a full fledged chalitza? Does, did the chalitza really work? Do we require chalitza again? So here too, if they did yibam while she was pregnant, they find out afterwards that she was really pregnant and the child is, ends up being a miscarriage or, she, or the child is not healthy. Uh, so really, there has to be yibam, uh, but the yibam took place while she was pregnant. Do we require them to do yibam again? Would they have to do yibam again, or was the other was the first yibam really halachically sufficient, even though it was? In the middle of a stage while she was pregnant, but still, in the end of the day, the child was not uh, was not uh, a healthy child, a healthy baby, and so therefore yibam was required. So therefore, that yibam, that original yibam, really could have worked completely. So that we'll see as is a, a big discussion in the gemara. That is case number two in the mishnah. Case number three, the last point of the mishnah is as follows: What happens if she is pregnant? We find out that she's pregnant, but we don't know—is it from her first husband? Or is it from the brother-in-law after they did yibam? We don't know where, where is this. Is this the child of the first husband or the second, or or from her second husband, from the brother-in-law? We we're not sure about uh, who is the father of this child. So we say yotzi. They must separate. Why? Why must they separate? Because out of concern that maybe this child is really the child's father is. Is the first husband, and really there's no mitzvah Yibam. If there's no mitzvah Yibam, so then it's really now turns into a prohibition of marrying your sister in law and your brother in law. So they have to separate. Vahavlad Kusher. But the child is most certainly a Kusher child. Because either the child comes from the first first marriage, which is perfectly fine, they were married, or the child comes from the second marriage after Yibam was done. Which is also perfectly fine if the, if the baby comes from the second, from the Yibam. So that means Yibam was supposed to take place. They, she did not have children from her first husband. So either way you go, whether the baby is from the first husband or whether the baby is from the yibum, so the, the baby is, a, is viewed as a totally halachically valid child. It's perfectly fine. But still, v'chayavim ba'ashim tali. But they're obligated. They don't bring a sin offering. But they would be obligated to bring what we refer to as an asham tolu, which is the type of sin offering one brings when one is in doubt whether or not they they violated a sin. Because here it's unclear. It's really unclear whether or not they violated a sin. If the, the baby is from the first marriage, from the first husband, so then that would be viewed as a sin. Because then there's a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law, to have relations with your brother-in-law. So that would be a prohibition. Uh, but we just don't know. We don't know if this baby comes from the first husband or from the... Uh, second, from the yibum, from the second husband, from the brother-in-law, that is the mission. So again, the mission discussed three cases: the case of chalitza, when she pregnant, we find out that she's pregnant afterwards, but when, when she is pregnant, and the ramifications whether or not it's a healthy baby or not a healthy baby, or if it's a miscarriage. And then the second case is they do yibum while she's pregnant, and the different ramifications if it's a miscarriage or the baby's not healthy. And then the third case is that they did Yibam, but we don't know whether or not the baby comes from the original marriage or it comes from the Yibam marriage, and the ramifications with regards to that. So let's see the beginning of the, Gemara of, uh, of the Gemara here. So the Gemara says as follows, Itmar, it was stated, So let's say we have a very similar case to our Mishnah. In this case, it happens to be that we know that she's already pregnant, and she's already pregnant, and they do Chalitza. The brother-in-law does chalitza with the sister-in-law. So there's a dispute here. Rabbi Yochanan has ever t'richa minachin, t'richa chalitza The Mishnah never discussed whether or not we, you would have to do chalitza again. Um, would you have to do chalitza again uh, after she has a miscarriage? Uh, would, we, would we require chalitza again? We certainly would say that some of the other halakhic aspects of it, the fact that they're forbidden to each other's relatives and that she cannot marry a Kohen, that could be because it, it looks like it was a regular chalitza, but in fact it wasn't a regular chalitza, and we would require chali- Would we require chalitza again or not? That is a dispute. Rabbi Yochanan says, we do not require chalitza again. The chalitza at the time of the pregnancy is a valid. Rish Lakish would say, no, we do require chalitza again. That original chalitza, as the Gemara will explain why, but that original chalitza at the time of pregnancy is not a valid chalitza. You, we do require chalitza again. Rabbi Yochanan, Omar Yenatri Chalitza Min is mubarish may Khalitza with bias mubarish may be our riglan says we do not require khalitza again because the original khalitza at the time of the pregnancy or even for Yibim. if there was yebum at the time of the pregnancy uh, while she was pregnant it would still be viewed as valid assuming that the there was a miscarriage or the baby's not healthy it would it would be valid rishlagos on rich khalitza mathan rishlag says no we do require khalitza why holds hot is mubarish loishma khalitza the bias mubarish loishma beah because the chalitza at the time when she's pregnant, it does not work. It's not viewed as a good chalitza, and the yibam also is not viewed as a good yibam. But my comiflity, the Gemara asks, what exactly are they arguing about? What is the source of their argument? And the Gemara says, there are i'ba'is em'ekrab, i'ba'is svara. It is either based on how they uh, read a certain pasuk, a certain verse, a phrase within a verse, or it's based on s'vara, it's based on a certain logic. And the Gemara explains. So we'll see uh, these two different options, then two different ways of understanding their dispute, and then we will conclude for today. Either it's a dispute in logic. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion, at the time of the pregnancy, at the time that they do chalitza in while or yibam, while she's pregnant, if Eliyahu were to come, and tell us that he knows the future. And in the future he knows that unfortunately this is going to lead to a miscarriage. Uh, so then certainly everyone would say, this is what Rabbi Yochanan says, everyone would say uh, that uh, she could do and yibam now even though she's pregnant. So so too he says that even though Elio is not with us, but after the fact, okay fine maybe they should not have done yibam, uh, but after the fact, uh, now that we know that it's a miscarriage, so it works. It would work just like if we were to know about the future so then now that it happened, so then retroactively we would say that the Chalitza and the Yibam uh, would work because the child was not a uh, was not a healthy child or it was a miscarriage. argues, Amar no. We do not say that we could go back retroactively. We cannot go back retroactively and say that uh, this was a, a miscarriage and this was not really... Uh, and since at the time we didn't know so therefore the Chalitza or the Yibam would not be a good Chalitza or Yibam what exactly is Rish Lakish saying here Rabbi Yochanan is easier is easier to understand Rabbi Yochanan is saying we could go back retroactively and say that really uh, there was a requirement to, to do Chalitza or Yibam at the time so therefore it works what exactly is Rish Lakish saying so just one one suggestion this is a very big discussion but what, with regards to what the uh, ideas what, what is the logic behind Rish Lakish uh, one idea could be that since at the time she was pregnant, uh, so even though there's, a, let's say, a miscarriage afterwards, but at the time of pregnancy, that is still viewed as uh, as whether it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a, a halachic child, but it's a fetus. And so at that time, at that very moment, it is a fetus, and it is a continuation of the first marriage. And so that entire time, is not even it's not viewed even though she has a miscarriage later on but that doesn't reveal anything about what at the time of the pregnancy the entire time of the pregnancy it was a a, a living being that's a, a, a some a, a, a living entity that is a, a result of the first marriage and so therefore there is no mitzvah of even whatsoever at that time it's not that we could say retroactively there is no retroactively it, there was a change which occurred after the miscarriage okay so now the the baby is no longer alive. The fetus is no longer alive. And so now there's no continuation of the first marriage. So now we require Yibam or chalitza. But at the time of the pregnancy, this shows that there was something there, that there was a fetus there, which is sufficient, which is enough to have you be viewed as a continuation of the first marriage. And so therefore chalitza or yibim taking place at the time of pregnancy is meaningless because there's no Zika. There's no there's no option for yibum or chalitza. There's already uh, a continuation of the first marriage that exists at that time. After the miscarriage, okay, so now there's no longer a continuation, so now you should do Yibam or Chalitza. That is if it's based on logic. The Gemara just concludes and says, or it could be based on how they read a certain verse. Ben einlo, amar the Pasuk, the verse says, ben einlo, that he has no child. So it says, as long as he has no child, so then 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 we say that uh, that or Chalitza could occur even if it's... Uh, going back retroactively. Rish Lakish argues and says, no, Ben he expounds upon the verse and says he has no child, but you have to examine it. You have to examine him and really make sure that there's no child. The only time Khalitz or Yibim could apply is if we examine and make sure that there's no possibility that they had children. If there's a possibility they have children, so then even if after, after the fact they, they do not have a healthy child, still, at since at the time they should have examined and they should, have, they should have wait, so therefore, uh, the... The yibam rachlita that they did at the time was really invalid because they should have waited. According to the verse, they should really they should really wait, and that is their dispute based on how to understand the verse. Uh, So we will continue with uh, this very interesting discussion in the next recording.